I'm going to be in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. And to begin, I'm going to go ahead and read the two verses. And Jesus said unto them, to his disciples, that is, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. So what I want to deal with today is the subject of what those who have been around for some time in the faith will know what I'm talking about. There is a teaching that prevails in many denominations that we would refer to as baptismal regeneration. Baptismal regeneration. Now, what does this mean? This means that your salvation is not complete, not actual, until you go through with the actual rite, the ritual, the ordinance of baptism. And there's a second baptismal regeneration that has been predominant and has prevailed in the modern church. And this is the idea that an act of baptismal regeneration is a result of you receiving the Holy Ghost and it is exemplified by or proven by your exercising some supernatural gift. Most cases, this is referring to the gift of tongues. So I want to deal with baptismal regeneration as it is perceived from water baptism being, being absolutely essential for salvation and or speaking in tongues as being essential for salvation. At the outset, I'm going to tell you what the answer is going to be up front. And then we reason these things through. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have come to him by faith to believe that he is the rock of your salvation. If you believe and have looked to Jesus Christ for the salvation of your soul. Whether or not you are saved whether or not you are water baptized does not disqualify you from salvation. In addition, if you did not have a second work of regeneration by the Holy Spirit and spoken in tongues or performed some other miraculous, uh, exercise some miraculous gift, that also is not required for your salvation. In fact, I will tell you with regard to the latter, 
Not only is it not required, but what has been assigned to a work of the Holy Spirit in terms of giving the supernatural gifts to believers today has been done over and done and over with since the last apostle has died. Now, when you look at the text in Mark chapter 16, when you look at the text in Mark chapter 16, Jesus said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. To preach the gospel. This was the command because it is the gospel. It is the gospel that is what has been ordained by God and commissioned by Christ to be used to save sinners. Jesus died to remove people's sins. Not he did not die to make the to to assign efficacy to a second work of the Holy Ghost or to be baptized. If baptism of any side of any type was intended to save you, then why did Christ have to be baptized? Why was he baptized? If water baptism, for example, was commissioned by Christ, if it was performed by John the Baptist, then why did Christ have to do it? Why did he subject himself to it if it was a necessity for salvation? He certainly did not need salvation because he was the Lord of glory himself. So, baptismal regeneration is something that is simply not true and is not taught in the word of God anywhere. In verse 16 of Mark chapter 16, Jesus goes on to say, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that, is, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believes not shall be damned. Now, some of you may look at the first part of this and believe and say that he that believes and is baptized shall be saved and assume that it is it is a criteria to be water baptized. It's important to understand what the word baptized means. It comes from a word baptizo. And it means to identify with. And these two acts are one and the same. Believing and being baptized more or less. He is not saying that if you do not get water baptized then your belief becomes null and void and has no power for the ultimate of your the ultimate salvation consider the how many christians died never having been baptized consider every single person under the old covenant dying in faith and never having been baptized and yet we know that all mankind all mankind have that who have been saved, by the way, have been saved by grace 
through faith, and that not of yourselves. And it is a gift of God. No man shall be justified, says Paul. No man shall be justified by any works of any type. Not just works of the law, but any type of a work. Any type of a work. Even and up to including the physical act of water baptism. Now that takes me to something that a lot of people who, who may be hearing some of this, especially those of the Catholic persuasion. Many of us remember what it was like under the Catholic faith if you were raised under in the Catholic church and you were told and brought up and many of you still continue to maintain that once a child is born, you take him to see the priest for them to get baptized. And you are told by the priest that once a child in his infancy has been baptized by the sprinkling of water in the Catholic church, that it is by that means that they are ushered into the kingdom of heaven and never to be removed from it. There could never be, I shouldn't say never be, but I have to say, because of the prevalence and the widespread following that the Catholic Church has, that many people have met their doom assuming that their infant baptism has justified them before God. And it hasn't. We are told in the scripture that we must believe in order to be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. There are many people who believe. There are many people who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and him only, and they receive salvation for that. Consider the thief on the cross, for example. The thief on the cross acknowledged his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ while suffering the same end that our Lord himself was undergoing. And he said to the Lord, Lord, remember me when you come into thy kingdom. And Christ said, today, you will be with me in paradise. This man had no time, nor did he have the wherewithal to secure a water baptism or any type of a baptism for that matter in order to his salvation. And yet he was told by Christ himself that he would be with him in paradise that very day. That very day. The Lord Jesus Christ makes it plain in Mark 16, verse 16, that he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Baptized is speaking about identifying with Christ, identifying with the body of Christ. And it is also speaking about being washed by the word of God. That is the regeneration that comes and brings the person to a transformation of mind to be to have a renewing of the mind and that they are cleansed by the word of God believed. And it is by 
that cleansing, the washing by the renewing of your mind, by the word of God, this is what a spiritual baptism is. And so many people are so inclined to want to seek the spiritual through the material. Rather than gaining the spiritual and having that drive the material. Baptism or any rite for that matter cannot be added to the simple requirement which is to look to Christ in faith and be saved. A person can be listening at this very moment to me, to their friend, to their family member, to their pastor, and they can be wherever they may be, walking down the street, listening on a headset somewhere on a bus ride home, riding a bicycle, listening in their ear pods. And they can be told that all you have to do is to look to Jesus Christ to be saved and they can be saved in that very moment. And that salvation is as sure and as certain as we are talking here right this moment. And if somebody is on that bicycle or on that walk or on that bus and they should turn to Christ in faith and then in the very next moment to be struck down, we could all be assured that their souls are in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ forevermore. And they have obtained, they will obtain that eternal mansion that God spoke of as being in his house that was prepared for every single person for whom it was set aside and set apart for us to inhabit. It is easy for us being creatures to seek for manifestations of a visible import to attach ourselves to in order to feel more religious, in order to feel more connected. We need buildings and structures of stained glass and, and candles being lit, men wearing robes of various sorts and types, prayer books that men use to read out of and chants, and people to recite after these prayers, beads to rub again, to rub together in order to aid us in our worship. Second works of, of regeneration by the Holy Spirit and people told to go speak in tongues and that's going to make them really truly saved. Christians, I'm telling you, all of these things derive and spring forth from hearts that are prone to idolatry. Men are by nature idolatrous creatures. Ever seeking to find something to lean on, to see, to hold, to grasp. To enhance the sensation of being a part of the community of faith. All you have to do 
is look to Christ. To see him as the one who went in your stead, who went in your place, who acted vicariously on your behalf, who was your substitutionary atonement. The one who stands between you and the father, granting you a bridge by which and through which you can be reconciled to God and to be found in his grace. The mercy that we receive by God is the fact that Christ endured the wrath of God on the cross. God took it out on him in order to extend mercy to us. So when we believe, we become pardoned. And the pardoning that we receive tells us and shows us that we were guilty. That we were sinners. The pardon itself implies our guilt. The necessity to be pardoned implies our guilt. But the wrath that Christ took for those for whom he died, it is of immeasurable, infinite quality. It is sufficient to save all. And his death is efficient in saving everyone for whom he laid down his life. And it is up to you, sinners, to determine whether or not his blood was shed for you. You will know that it was when you believe. All of the answers that a person needs to know when it comes and pertains to God and pertains to the work of Christ as God's son in the flesh, all these things can be known once we appeal to him in faith. Your answers come when you realize your sinful condition and you plead and beg for mercy and submit yourself to the throne of grace, lay down before Christ, admit you are a sinner. And the only thing that can make you do that is his sovereign grace and mercy. And it is by that and it is by that heart that a person has whereby they can know that Christ has laid down his life for them. And Christians, never be ashamed of this. Never be ashamed of this. If you're on social media and you're talking about the word of God, you're going to have all these trolls that come on here and say all kinds of things, thinking that somehow they're going to rattle your cage. They don't rattle mine. They shouldn't rattle yours. Never be ashamed of this grace that we have. But know that all we need to do is to lean on Christ, to trust in him. Am I suggesting that you should not be baptized? No, I'm not. There are two ordinances that the Lord left behind. And that is baptism and communion. So when a person comes to faith in Jesus Christ, he should be baptized. In fact, the water baptism is the is one of the first acts. Is one of the first fruits that a Christian can produce 
once coming to faith is the very first act. A Christian who is reluctant to get baptized. A Christian who is unwilling to be baptized. A Christian who believes that it is unnecessary to be baptized is probably not a Christian. On some level, if you are a Christian and you have the means and the wherewithal and the time to go get baptized and you refuse to, it is akin to someone who has a girlfriend or boyfriend that they just prefer living with and never want to get married to. To become baptized is to tell the world and to put on display to the world that you, and I'm going to be put this in a crude way, that you are down with the Lord Jesus Christ. That he is your man. The Lord Jesus Christ is my man. I submit to him. I humbly fall before him daily. Hourly. Every minute. We find ourselves seeking repentance for sin on a daily, on a regular basis. But if you have the wherewithal and the means and the health to get baptized, you should be willing, if you are a Christian, to go to your church pastor and plead with him to baptize you as soon as humanly possible. If you don't want to do this, if this is not a matter of urgency for you, you should rethink whether or not you are truly a saved person. Again, that being said, it does not mean that if you don't, that you're not saved. I'm not saying that. And I hope that no one will walk away from this message believing that's what I'm saying. But what I am saying is like what I try to give by way of example. If you have a boyfriend or girlfriend that you just want to live with and don't want to marry. It makes people question whether or not your heart is sincere about that person. Whether or not you are truly or genuinely committed. Whether or not you want to have an out later. It's like people who are always saying, well, you know what? I don't really need to get married. It doesn't prove anything. You know, we live together. We have 10 kids and we live in the same house and we, you know, we don't think we need to get married. You know, we love each other. That's what being a Christian is like in being unwilling to be baptized. You want to live with Christ. You want to benefit from being a Christian. But you don't want to do that, take that open outward step where you openly confess through this work of baptism, showing the public that you are down with Christ, that you are his and that he is yours, that his people are yours and you are theirs and you are committed to their growth. And benefit and help. And they are to you. A person that says. They are not ashamed. Of the gospel of Christ. And does not want to be baptized. Or thinks it is unnecessary. To be baptized. 
in effect are saying to some degree, to some degree, that they are in fact ashamed. You don't want to go through this act. You make excuses. When the fact of the matter is, if you are a believer, you should want to be baptized. If you are a believer, this is what you should want to do. That's all I'm saying. If you can't because you're bound to a wheelchair or you're bound to a medical bed or uh, you have some other condition or problem that prohibits you from doing it. Or if you're on death row. It could be any number of reasons. That could prevent you from being baptized. But what I am saying is this. If you have the means, the time, the wherewithal. And the desire. You should do it. Because you are telling the world and putting it on open display before all. That Christ is yours. And you belong to him. But be Let's be clear about something. Baptism itself does not and cannot and has never been the prescription to save you. Be belief in the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. Grace alone through faith alone. That is what salvation is. Not grace and faith and baptism. Not grace and faith and anything else. It is grace through faith, through the word of God alone. It is simple as that. Be provoked and be persuaded. And God bless you all.